What's going on, family? What's going on? Welcome to another episode of Nonfiction with Jonathan Soul. I want to hit you, uh, you guys, up with some headlines, uh, some stuff that caught my eye, some issues I think that we should be paying attention to, and uh, let's get started. <clears throat> All right. So first, I want to talk about the economy. Economy is always important. Uh, the first thing is, you know, we're constantly told by the Trump administration. But every administration does this. That hey, the economy is great. Everything's doing great. Every state of the union, everything is cool unless some buildings blow up. <sighs> unless some buildings get attacked, state of the union is fine, right? So, if that's the case, let me ask you guys. Let me give you a pop quiz. What do you think the median economy is? The median. I'm sorry. What do you think the median salary is for an American? Median salary. If the economy is truly good, what do you think the median? Now, I know that the median or the average can be a little, uh, you know, may, maybe not absolutely give a clear picture, but it is something. It's some data. If it wasn't important, you know what I mean? Statistic, statisticians wouldn't be using it. Well, let's go to the uh, ssa.gov, which is the social security administration website and i'm looking on a page that says uh wage statistics for 2018 all right so it's a big ass chart at the bottom but thankfully there's a summary at the top and it says the raw average wage computed as net compensation divided by the number of wage earners is blah 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 all right, it's, uh, it's a big number. What's the eight? Is that trillion? I don't know. Eight trillion is a big-ass number. Uh, divided by the... Or, okay, so basically what they're saying is, based on the data on the chart below, 67.4% of the wage earners have a net compensation less than $50,000. $50,000.44, to be exact. Uh, average uh, Average wage. So they're saying that less than half of us are making 50 grand. Now, this is net, thankfully, because if it was gross, we'd really be in trouble. But that's that's net. Now, depending on what area of the country you live in, I mean, that's 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 tough. Uh, depending on your circumstances, right? So if you're if, if two of y'all, if if y'all are married or or you know, both of y'all are earning 50 grand or something along those lines. That's okay if you're single and you're making fifty grand, depending on the area. But you you get what I'm saying. Fifty grand in, in in the South is different than fifty grand in New York City. Is different than fifty grand in Michigan. Is different than fifty grand in you know Southern California. You follow me? So it's like okay. I wonder if if that means that you got some kind of education or cert. Are you just working at a place for a long time? Is that truck drivers? You know, it doesn't give me that kind of information. But here's what's crazy, and this is why the stats are kind of funky. By definition, it continues, 50% of the wage earners have a net compensation less or equal to the median wage, uh, which is estimated at $32,838.05 for 2018. So what they're saying is, is that, um, so they're saying that, this is so strange. 
it's almost it says let me just read this again it sounds crazy maybe you guys picked it up quicker than me it says uh based on the data on the chart below 67.4 percent of the wage earners have a net compensation less or equal to okay i got you so they could have just said less so basically damn there's 70 percent of the people aren't making 50 grand that's what it's saying and they're saying that the actual average is 32 grand 32 grand that's unless you're somebody you know who's maybe living at home like a like a young person or uh you know it, unless you have like you know more reduced living expenses 32 grand is tough particularly if you got children oh my god i can't i mean i remember making those wages back in the 90s you know what i mean but then i was married back then so so what am i saying what i'm saying is when they tell us that the economy is doing good they might be talking about for the other part of the economy the investment class the business owners like that so i think that's why so many people are driving uh ride share like uber and lyft and these other companies and so forth uh to, to supplement income um, the, the the people who are on, on unemployment to supplement that income. So I, I just don't think that the economy is doing as well as they say. And for people who think that they should measure the economy by the rate of spending, that's, that's fucking stupid. You can't just keep spending, 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 and expect everything to be all right. You got to be able to save. You know what I mean? You know, I hope there are economic indicators where people look at the rate of savings. You know what I mean? And, and to me, that's really the measure of the economy. One, it's it's not really the wages you earn. It's the wages you keep. You follow me? All right, let's keep going. Uh, let's see here. So uh, we talked about Lyft. Uh, Lyft adds rental cars to its lineup. And this is coming out of um, SC Gate. What's this? Uh, San Francisco Gate.com. All right, let's see here. Uh, so it looks like Lyft is testing um, a rental car service. And, you know, that's funny because one time I got a Lyft, and to be perfectly frank, the car was a little dirty. Not dirty like smell, but dirty like stained seats. And you can tell it was it was well used. And the lady said, well, I got, I'm leasing this car from Lyft. So it looked like Lyft was already using <laughs> Either they're going to the used car auctions or they're getting rental cars. And I think they're just adding this service. Uh, speaking of Lyft, I don't know how many of y'all were on uh, Instagram when this young lady posted a video saying that she was in an Uber and it looked like they was <clears throat> the driver was trying to sex traffic her, meaning <clears throat> drop her off at this, you know, this 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 uh, scary place and load her in the truck or whatever. Uh I think that Uber and Lyft's ride shares are getting less and less safe. So that whole convenience factor, I think, is is not going to be enough to save these guys. You know, it's so funny because they, with the app, this is what I don't understand. You being tracked, not only yourself, because you got the app on your phone, the driver's being tracked. So how does that work when you can clearly see 
where folk is going, but then maybe run into a problem with big data. You got so much data, nobody's paying attention kind of thing. I, I don't know. That just seems odd. You know, usually when people get kidnapped, you don't want to know where they're going. But if you can, if you can track people, I, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder, particularly for women, if the whole ride share uh, thing is safe. You know, now, now maybe the counter argument could be, well, what about taxis? Why are taxis safer than, than Uber? I don't know the answer to that question. I just assume that maybe there's more data or something or, or you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I just, I just know that, uh, there's some, some trade-offs with all this convenience. All right, let's go on. Let's move on to another story. Let's see here. Uh, this is a story I actually like. This is more along on the tech side. Now, I like technology. Uh, I like smartphones. But, you know, I'm one of those guys that buy a smartphone like every two years or every four years or something. I'm not one of these people that have, that have to have the new flavor when it come out. Particularly once they start topping a grand. Once they start topping a grand, I was like, oh, hell no. Nah. That's against my religion. You mean to tell me I'm going to spend more on a smartphone than I am on a laptop? So I got this article. Let's see here. From. Uh, okay. Uh, 9to5google.com. 9to5google.com. It says. Uh, the headline says. Uh, less than 10% of Americans are actually spending $1,000 plus for a phone. Now that's beautiful. That shows that we're not all delusional here. Let's see here. Uh, let's see. Country report. 10% of Americans. Okay. Uh, given that many uh, flagship smartphones are now uh, over $1,000, it's interesting to hear that many are voting with their wallets and opting for affordable alternatives. And then it goes on to mention the report uh, produced by uh, the firm NDP shows uh, that uh, such flagships as the Samsung uh, Note 10, uh, Galaxy S10, iPhone 11, everyday Americans are less likely to spend their hard-earned money for these expensive brands. So I felt like right around, I don't know, a couple of years ago when we started being able to see like 4K on our phone. And then, uh, maybe it was two years ago or so, and then when that Galaxy Fold came out or was announced, I felt like we hit like a bubble. Like we're in a bubble now. In other words, my definition of a smartphone bubble is the cost doesn't equal up to the utility. You know what I mean? It's like they they stop coming up with features that are useful like an IR blaster or even an NFC if you're okay with if wirelessly paying for stuff. And now they're coming up with gimmicks like foldable phones or cameras that pop out because they, I, I felt like they ran out of ideas you kind of thing. But here's the other thing, the utility. How are you going to sell phones for two grand in this economy when I just read to you that the average American salary is 33 grand? If you're making 33 grand, you can't afford and they know it. Because if you if you pay attention to this kind of news, 
There's some, uh, I was going to say ISPs. <laughs> There's some phone companies uh, that are giving you 30-month leases on phones. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. 30-month leases on phones. They sound like a car, don't it? When they have to do that, that means we can't afford it. Now, where's my phone? Oh, snap. I don't know where it is. It's around someplace. I bought a, uh, a Galaxy Note 8. Now, in the article, it said Galaxy Note 10, so I'm at least, I'm two versions behind. Because it's against my religion to pay $1,000 for a phone. And you know good and goddamn well, the, the, they only going up by increments in terms of performance. And let's be practical. Even though I'm in IT personally, I mean, I've only ever used like an iPad for anything serious in terms of related for my job or even this podcast, you know, um, I, I was able to do like some RDP stuff and maybe reboot a server or something when I was downstairs at a customer's desk with my with my iPad. You can't I mean, you can do it with a phone, but that's difficult. Navigating through Windows with a phone is stupid. Sure. OK, I got my I got my VPN going on. Now I'm RDP. That's too much. Come on now. So I think that I think that the idea that only ten percent of people are buying it, those are probably the YouTube people <laughs> that are making all of these making all of these videos about how wonderful this phone is from last year. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, yo. So I think that's another economic indicator. You know, you heard these stories about the Weimar Republic, right? Before, you know, Hitler and them came to power and stuff. And how uh, people was using like a, a wheelbarrow of uh, their currency to buy a loaf of bread. I feel like we're doing it now, but with smartphones. But because it's trendy, we don't see that, oh my God, this is bad kind of a thing. Do you need a smartphone? Maybe, probably, depending on what business you're in, depending on your, you know, kind of a thing. It's fun to have, that's for sure. But a grand... That's just irresponsible to me. Now, if you got it like that, no disrespect, fine, wonderful, but most of us don't got it like that. Uh, for people who want to buy smartphones at a cheaper price, I've bought smartphones from Swappa before. I've bought another smartphone from another place. I can't remember. But um, I actually bought my phone from uh, from Samsung, I think. Yeah, because, you know what I mean, I got to have a, when I buy phones for myself, I generally buy it directly from the company, but I buy old version just because if something funky happened, I need support right away, you know, kind of a thing. Cause I, I'm, I'm one of those guys because of my job, I have to have my phone working all the time. But, uh, but yeah, I think that that's an economic indicator. So bearing this in mind, shouldn't that have an impact on our spending? Now, I did a show a while back about, you know, Black Friday and everything, and people still blew a lot of money and stuff like that. And the people are still going to be buying a lot of stuff going forward. So let me tell you all this story. It's a scary story, but let me tell you this story. I worked at a help desk, right? And uh, back then, what was I? Tier 2? For people who are not in IT... Uh, and technology, there's like when it comes to a help desk is where, you know, obviously you call to get your computer fixed. So I worked, I was a contractor and I worked for a government uh, agency. 
And uh, so we got tier zero, <laughs> what they call a dispatcher, right? That's the person who picks up the phone when you first call. Then you got tier one who does basic stuff. They're the one to tell you reboot your computer, you know what I mean, kind of a thing. Uh, is it plugged in, you know, that kind of person. And then you got tier two who's a little bit more advanced. Long story short, we had a whole bunch of tier two people that came in from another contract. And uh, they were paid a lot more than us. As a matter of fact, everybody over there was paid 50 grand. Now, this was a few years back. When 50 grand, 50 grand, <laughs> right? A few years back. But again, what is 50 grand if you paying $3 a gallon for gas and you got a hell of a commute? What is 50 grand when, you know, when chicken is uh is, is costing a lot or, or or vegetables is kind of expensive or you know kind of a th- you know what i'm saying what is 50 grand when they close the grocery store in your neighborhood like i'm seeing in my area now it's weird because in one area where there are a ton of single family homes they closed a grocery store and then I heard they closed another one, and then another one opened. I, it's just weird. You know what I mean? I never really understood the term of food deserts until it started happening to me, kind of a thing. So now you got to spend more money to go out and get groceries and stuff. So that 50 grand can be eaten up a lot. But here's the point before I forget the story. So these people make 50 grand. They're making more than, than the rest of us in the help desk, right? So that was a little envy. They were doing the same job, but they just had a better negotiated contract. The problem is what contractors is, you know, anyway, so, so, so Black Friday came and went and then Cyber Monday came and went and all these guys was talking about the deals they got. I got a, you know, 900 inch television for $200 and, and, and all this other kind of stuff. And then the week before Christmas, they let them all go. I was like, oh my God. And the, and the, and they didn't tell us, but I know, you know, in hindsight, uh, the rationale was they was probably just too expensive in terms of, you know, whatever the contract was was bidded for, whatever, whatever kind of a thing. So I guess what I'm trying to say is this whole uh, consumerism piece, sometimes, like I love listening to the, the phone people talk about phones and that and the third, but sometimes it makes me sick because it's just straight consumerism. Because this year's phone can't do anything different than last year's phone, but maybe add a few pixels to a photograph that you can't see anyway. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So I guess what I'm trying to say is be careful, family, about spending too much, spending shit unnecessarily. You know, I'm not a monk. I I spend too much on the coffee like the rest of y'all, but just be careful. That's all I'm saying. Just be careful. These people that make these laws and stuff, they're not our friends, man. They see themselves, you know, it's like a very classist kind of vibration where they see themselves as above us, you know. They only appeal to us because they want us to buy into this voting piece. But we learned from the last election that it's the electoral colleges that cast the vote that counts, not us. You know, I think that voting is like a, like a barometer, like a temperature gauge to see if they still buying the bullshit. You know. All right, let's keep going. Let's see here. This is a, a happy uh, story. If there are any teachers out there or any parents out there, let's see here. 
Uh, let's see. Now, this story, I found this on Slashdot.org. Slashdot is like a, a news aggregate site, but it kind of leans more toward IT-related stuff. IT people probably heard of uh, Slashdot. Anyway, uh, let's see here. Uh, Google is re- Google is, is again rewarding teachers who uh, steer their kids uh, to Google Hour of Code lessons with $100 gift codes. Let's see. When a teacher in grades 2 through 8 complete the Google CS uh, first activity, learn, uh, Code Your Hero, uh, with at least 20 of their students and fill out the complete classroom awards form, Explains the donors choose the donors choose help center. They'll receive a hundred dollars donors choose dot org gift code. All right, so let me just click on this link real quick. I feel like that was poorly written, or oh, I can't read. All right, then let's see here. Classroom rewards of a hundred dollars for completing Code Your Hero activity on Google CS uh, first. All right, so let's see. I'm on donors choose.org let's see what is this uh, starting number 14 teachers okay same thing I just read still poorly written uh, all right so you got a gmail account so basically Google has like a free activity where they teaching children the basics of coding and uh, if the teacher takes their kids through it this is exciting to me uh, because I felt like and when I mentioned like a bubble when it comes to smartphones, I feel like we're in an education bubble. Because when I hear the stuff that my kids are learning in school, I'm telling myself, this ain't shit. N- nobody in the market is going to pay for this. And the, and, the, and, <laughs> and the administration got to know it. So, so then what do you do? You could bitch about it or you could find alternatives. That's why, uh, you know, stuff like I heard Indeed, which is that job, you know, a job search site is offering some kind of coursework uh, kind of a thing. Uh, Everybody know LinkedIn has a LinkedIn learning component where, you know, people in a field can post training videos. And then other places, Udemy is cool. You know, Udemy has affordable classes and stuff. Uh, So. I think there's opportunities to kind of circumvent, you know, the education and the debt trap, you know, the, the degree and the debt uh, trap that's out there, depending on your field, you know. So, uh, so that's so good on Google. All right. Uh, some more, I think, good news. All right. So let me see here. All right. So it looks like Trump is supposed to withdraw 4,000 troops from Afghanistan. Newly published documents. And I got this from BigLeaguePolitics.com. I just was searching headlines, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see. In the wake of the publication of the documents, they reveal lies surrounding the U.S. ongoing Afghanistan. Okay. Uh, let, me just, let me just go through here. All right. In the wake of the publication of Government documents that reveal a legacy of lies and failures surrounding the U.S. administration. This is a horribly run-on sentence. And somebody with dyslexia, you can't be, you can't give us run-on sentences, baby. It's like kryptonite. So they quote a tweet. Let me see if this tweet is written any better. 
But if Trump, if, if any president who actually pulls troops out, it's a blessing. All right, then. So uh, KPR, uh, KPLR 11, I guess it's radio. A Trump administration preparing to announce long-anticipated drawdown of about 4,000 troops from Afghanistan. Senior administration officials confirmed with CNN. There we go. You see, that's a sentence right there. All right, let's see here. Uh, the announcement came early. Let's see, the announcement could come as early as next week, uh, but the official said the timing remains in flux. Now, I believe when I see it, uh, Trump, this is from the, the KPRL, KPLR website. Uh, we're going down to 8,600 and then make a determination from there what will happen. Uh, Trump told Fox News Radio in August. We're bringing it down. The White House and the Pentagon did not comment to CNN. All right. So, I mean, if, if that happens, that's good. But then my question becomes, now, I want them home, period, right? Period. What are they going to do when they get here? Are they still going to be in the military? Is the military paying them? Or are they going to be out here trying to get one of these 50000 30000 a year jobs? I want them home. But unless you're announcing some massive works project. See, see, can I be honest with you? Nothing. I'll wrap it up here because I don't know how long I've been talking. Oh, shit, 25 minutes. I'm going to wrap it up here. I think all of these candidates are shit. All these presidential candidates are shit. Okay, I, the, the one that doesn't offend me the most was, you know, Yang, right? Because at least... You know, this guy is offering something. I mean, the only thing that we know is, you know, the $1,000 a month, you know, situation, which, you know, he called the freedom dividend, universal income, whatever you want to call it. I don't hear anybody talking about any massive work projects. If you give an America, if you give a man a choice between, you know, here's $1,000 a month or a well-paying job, What do you think you're going to choose? You know what I mean? If you're a glass half empty, you can think, well, they're going to take the thousand. It's not a lot you can do with a thousand. I mean, it helps. Trust me, it helps on top of whatever you got. But, you know, most people would prefer to say, okay, you know what? We're going to build a magnetic, a levitation rail system from one end of the country to the other, from, from D.C. to to the Bay Area, right? Or we're gonna we're gonna build high speed internet all over the country, and it's gonna be a government project, and the government is gonna hire millions of people, and they're gonna train them, they're gonna pay them benefits, and the whole bit. You know, we're gonna have you know road repair projects. We're gonna you know the, the levees just keep breaking, these bridges that collapse. You know, none of these people that I'm aware of are talking about that. And that's what we need. That's what we need. And so it's like, if you're not giving us what we need, what the fuck am I going to vote for you for? And that's even way before we get to the reparations piece. That's right. I'm one of those reparations people. Oh, the, oh hell yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But my my, I'm not, you know, so narrow-mindedly focused that it's like, but we need works projects. And that's why I'm not, I'm not really hype on Bernie. 
Because my question to you is, to Bernie, is what have you done for Vermont? Were you just a Democratic, you know, the guy you just, I mean, you know, what have you done for Vermont? Show me your record there. I understand you waving a socialist Democratic flag. What does that even mean? What does that mean? You see what I'm saying? Because when he when he, when the when the DRC pulled that technology on him last time, he folded like paper and said, "Go support Hillary." I was like, "That's your fight. That's your. That's it. That's it." So you were just the sheepdog to keep to catch the ones that's going astray and bring them back into the fold. So nah, man, nah. Nah. So so anyway, I want the, I want Trump to do that. That'll be good. I want him to bring the troops home. But I also want them to have some work to do when they get here. I don't want them guys to become police officers. We got enough trouble with these with these cops right now. I don't want them to immediately go into law enforcement. I want them to do something constructive. Law enforcement is not constructive. I, what fights crime is a full belly and a well-paying job. That's what stops crime. So anyway, family, that's my commentary, my rant. Uh, I hope you and your family are doing well. Uh, I will say this, and I, I might end every show like this. Um, I call this show nonfiction because I talk about the news. Um, in my other show, my other podcast, which is my, my baby, my heart and joy, I interview comic book creators, I interview writers, illustrators, publishers, the whole bit, and uh, of, of, of African-American, African descent. So they might be Haitian, they might be, uh, you know, uh, Jamaican, they might be Nigerian, they might be African-American, they might be, you know, African from, you know, the continent, whatever. But African people create comic books. That's a sci-fi that I can get, I can get down with. And the reason I bring it up is because it's a, ter a terrific gift to give to, um, you know, your your Marvel movies, your, your Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, people who like to go to the movies. It's a great book because they don't know that these books exist. They don't know that there's a whole renaissance of black creative content and for children to get them reading in this new economy where so much of it is, is based on technology. Sometimes you got to fucking read. In my job, I got to read constantly. And I was a terrible reader. One of those guys that in, in high school, when they would say, Jonathan, I need you to read out loud chapter. Blah, people like, oh, God, here we go. Because <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was very difficult for me to read. The words would get lost in the neighborhood of my mind. But because I was a writer and, I've, you know, and I've been in IT and I forced myself to read a novel that I wrote, I was able to improve it. It's still there, but I've been able to improve it. So at comics, you can get your children to enjoy. You can get your children to develop a love of reading is my point. So um, if you go to JonathanSoul.com, you'll see all kinds of uh, comic book reviews and interviews and stuff. Um uh, that you can give, so you, you can find a book that you can give to your kids. I try not to review anything too salacious. If I do, I tell you, this is mature themes. 
but most of them is standard fare. You know, the black comics are still in the golden age of bangs at pile. Every now and then you'll find a comic that might have something, you know, maybe a little more violent than others. But I, I usually tell, tell, tell you about that. Right now I have in my hand some comics that are published by a brother from, uh, from Maryland. Or, uh, you know, Maryland for the people outside and Maryland for the people in the DMV. Uh, he has one title called The Black Star Line where it's his brother, a husband and wife team. Uh, some things happen and they become the super force. I don't want to tell you all that all that's in it, but it's great. Then he has another one called Chamber of Terror. Dun, 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 dun. And uh, this shit looks pretty scary. I can't wait to read this. And then he has another one, a whole series called Cosmos, where these heroes from all over the universe get together to fight this universal threat. All the art is very reminiscent of um, <clears throat> the art from the 90s, uh, Marvel and DC. So it's very high quality stuff. And, uh, and and very interesting to read. And it's an opportunity for you to sit down with the kid, spend some quality time, and read with them and to them. You know, you spending time with your kid could help you catch on to the fact that what if your kid got dyslexia? You know, where it's not, a, I don't think it's a disability. People say it is. It's just your brain just works different. Me reading out loud can be difficult sometimes. But when I listen to an audio book, like first far as technical, if I know a little bit about the topic, I can listen at double the speed. If I know the topic well, I can listen. Uh, yeah, double speed. I can't go higher than that. My old manager, he could listen at three times the speed. You know, um, so I can listen faster than I could. So that's not a learning disability. Your, your brain just works differently. So anyway, so on the fiction side, you can go to JonathanSoul.com and you can I interview people and I do comic book reviews. It's on my YouTube channel. And there's a black-owned uh, YouTube competitor called uh, Black Junction TV. Black Junction, J-U-N-C-T-I-O-N, dot TV. And I'm posting up my content there as well. <clears throat> because, you know, uh, we have to support each other. Period. Period. And then, you know, you support each other and you start to build a quality thing. And if you build it, what will happen? People will come. And so, uh, and so, yeah, so I posted there and then they have a, they have like a Twitter, Facebook competitor called blackjunction.com. And I also post stuff there too. Uh, yeah. So anyway, family, uh, I love you guys. Hope all your dreams come true. Uh, stay safe out there. Um, and we'll talk some more. All right. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at J O H N A T H A N S U L. And uh, same thing on SoundCloud where I post my audio. Um, same thing on iTunes. I told you, JonathanSoul.com. And it's, uh, it should be Jonathan Soul over on Black Junction TV and BlackJunction.com. And uh, same thing on Instagram. Uh, those places I generally focus on comic book related stuff. I might post some news. And uh, of course, I post clips of my shows. All right. Love you guys. Peace.